see me rolling. They hating, patrolling and trying to catch me riding dirty. Trying to catch me riding dirty. I'm so proud of myself that I did not crash. Would you please just one more time just celebrate with me now? Like, oh, my God. Am I still ride a bike? Yeah. Am I ever wrecked? If you haven't wrecked, you haven't ridden a bike very long. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Did, did it take anybody a long time to learn how to ride a bike? I wouldn't have admitted that, but that's okay. Thank you for being awesome. But no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's all good. I'm so excited about this series today, or this message. It's kind of a standalone today. We're just going to kind of talk. You see, the, the bikes, I, I enjoy bikes. I still have a mountain bike. This is not mine at the house. This is much nicer than mine. Uh, I, I got one at the house, and I enjoy going down and hitting the trails down in Carter Park and, uh, and riding back there because if you fall down, nobody sees it. And it, it's just it's wonderful because you're by yourself, and you're riding through, and you get to jump over gators and run past snakes and all kinds of fun. It's really a cool setup. I, I love riding a bike. But, but I, I've learned that while I'm riding a bike that, that you, you don't take, you don't take, you don't take your hands off the handles. I, I, I know if you're riding on smooth ground, smooth territory, yeah, sit back and just pedal and it's all cool because you can kind of do that thing. I've done it for a little bit. But, but if you're going through some terrain, some territory, you got to get a grip and hold on for the ride. Would you turn to three folk and tell them, get a grip and hold on for the ride. Get, get a grip. Get a grip and hold on for the ride. That, that, that's exactly right. Because the, the handles, the handles are the determining factor as to whether you're cruising or whether you're crashing. It's going to be one of the two on, based on how you handle the handles in your life. They are, they are, so, they are so important. We've got to get a grip, hold on, and make sure we're riding where we want to be in life and we arrive in one piece. Uh, there's, a, there's a passage of scripture I want to jump into and show you today that it's, it's just going to kind of go with this whole thing. And, and, and I, I'm just spe- this is kind of a standalone. This is not a series. It's just in my heart. So we're just, I just want to give this to you. This is kind of from me to you kind of thing here. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. I love this story. Let me give you a little background. Uh, the, the nation of Israel... At this time, they weren't actually Israel yet. They were just the Hebrew nation. They became Israel later. The Hebrew people were in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. They went into Egypt because there was a famine and there was food in Egypt. So they entered Egypt, and Egypt started off as a blessing. But they stayed too long. And what started as a blessing became a curse. Has anybody overstayed something? A relationship. A job. If you overstay a thing, it can hold you bondage. That's exactly what happened with Israel. They overstayed, and all of a sudden, what was a blessing initially, it turned into bondage in their life. Now God's like, I want to get my people out. This is ridiculous. That They need to come out. I didn't make them to live in bondage. They're my people. And so he goes after this guy named Moses. Now, Moses is the wrong one to go after. It's like, God, there are much better candidates. Don't you remember God? Like, Moses is the dude who was living in Egypt while all these people were in bondage. And Moses killed an Egyptian. 
Moses ran for his life from Egypt. They had his picture up in the post office. They were after him. Moses running for his life. And now God approaches Moses at a burning bush and goes, Hey, Mo, what's up? My people are in bondage. Mm -hmm, I heard about that. I've seen that. Yeah, well, I'm coming down to get them out. Oh, you go, God. Now you come here. Hmm? I'm going to use you to go get them out. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. We got, we got to fix that. Like, I'm not like, and God said, no, I know what I'm doing. Listen to me, Mo. Here's how this is going to go down. And Moses starts pushing back against God. Like, not, not me. I can't do that. That's, that's, that's beyond my pay grade. Do you understand? They looking for me there. I ain't going back there. Besides, it's my family. <sighs> family can be some of the most dangerous things God will send you back to. I'm not even going to touch that. I'm going to keep right on going right here. So Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Then Moses answered. God is like downloading on Moses why he's the guy. Moses answered, look, they're not going to believe me, and they won't listen to me. In other words, I can't walk in and say, God told me that you're coming out. They're going to go, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Who, Mo, oh, the murderer? The murderer is telling us God's using you to go do this? Right, Mo. He goes, no, no, no. God, I'm telling you, they're not going to believe me. Moses' insecurities are on fire right now. Moses' fear of what if they don't accept me? What if they don't like me? What if, they, what if I lose followers? I mean, he's going through all this stuff in his head, right, as what could happen because he's not qualified. He's not the guy. It's amazing when God really starts doing things with our life, our insecurities come alive because somehow we believe that in order for God to use us, I have to be good enough for God to use. Can I remind you something? When God wants to use you, he already knows you're jacked up. He already knows your issues. He already knows your failures. He already knows your weaknesses. He knows your hang-ups. He knows what you struggle with Friday night. He knows what you're dealing with in your mind right now. He knows your stuff. Your resume has not taken him off guard. In fact, the Bible says God chooses the foolish things of the world in order to confound the wise. So if God is using you, welcome to the Fool's Club because that's exactly who we are. He uses the weak things in life to confound the powerful. It's not about how big and great you and I are. It's how amazing our God is. Can you just give him a praise right there and thank God he uses us in spite of us? Moses answered, look, they're not going to believe me. They won't listen to me. Instead, they'll say the Lord did not appear to you. Listen to God's answer. What's in your hand? God didn't, even, God didn't even answer him. God didn't even deal with this question. Yeah, okay, what's in your hand? The Lord asked him, and Moses answered, a staff. What's in my hand? I got a stick. Impressive, isn't it? It's a stick. I killed a snake with it earlier today. I smacked a sheep in the head because he wouldn't straighten up. It's a stick. I, I put it by the bed, chase roaches away. I, I, I do all kinds of things. It's a stick. What do you mean, what's in my hand? It's a stick. You know what I've got. Every guy out here has got one. Ladies carry them around. They, they, they're kind of good. We're climbing mountains. They get us through things. We, it's just a stick. Somebody shout, it's just a stick. It's just a stick. It's just a stick. That's all that you see. Moses... 
Moses was so concerned about what is going on. God, and he's looking for this, this voice to lead my people out. And Moses was like, God, I stutter. I'm a murderer. I've got all kinds of mess in my family. I've got an anger issue. Mm, I didn't get in the way, man, right there. That means I know I just hit on something in this room right there. I've got anger issues, no confidence, all this stuff going on. And God says, I'm going to use something that is so common in your life to do something so supernatural for this nation that you can't get any credit for what I'm about to do in your world. I love this. Because Moses is like, this stick isn't special. There's no power in this stick. I, why now? It's, there's nothing impressive about that, but, but Moses had used this stick before and seen nothing special, but he had never put it in God's hands to see what God could do with it. It's a different ball game between what you can do with your life and what God can do with your life when we put it in his hands. And because this was so common, so ordinary, so typical, like you can go find another one. But God says, if you'll give me what you've been overlooking and what you've been taking for granted for so long, I will do something with it that nobody's ever going to believe. Because God, God uses, I've learned this, God uses the improbable in order to do the impossible. God will, will, will mess with our head. He'll use the ineffective to achieve the unexpected. Mm -hmm, let me help you. He will use the old and the ordinary to do the new and the extraordinary. In other words, God wants to put some whip on your nene. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Y'all done forgot all that stuff, right? You forgot all about that. But, but he, he's, trying, he's trying to dial up your game and do something with your life you never saw coming. Do something that your family never had an opinion about. It, it, it's crazy. Moses didn't have a clue with what God was about to do with his life. God, with Moses, I just give you this, I'm laying a background. God did five crazy things with Moses, that stick in his hand. Five crazy things. Number one, he, when Moses, he told Moses, he said, you want to know if it's me? Throw the stick down. He threw it down and it turned into a snake. I threw this thing down before, it never did that. You never put it in my hand, Moses. I can do something you just never had done. And he did this in front of Pharaoh and all the magicians and all of Pharaoh's guys. Oh, yeah, we could do that. They threw theirs down. Theirs turned into a snake. But then Moses' snake ate their snakes. How many you know if your snake eats all the other snakes, your snake is bigger and better? <laughs> all of a sudden, it was, it was proof that God was speaking to Moses. Uh, the second thing is then, then Moses used the stick in, when he declared the plagues, like plagues everywhere. And Moses, the, the water in the Niles turned into blood, boom. Lice everywhere, boom. Frogs, ribbit. And, and then so all of this is going, he's using the stick to declare and plagues are breaking out everywhere because as he used this stick, why? Because it wasn't ordinary anymore. It wasn't common. This was no longer Moses. This is something God was using that Moses has been carrying forever. He's had it for years, but it never had this kind of impact. It never had this effect. What was the difference? He put it in God's hands. Oh, there's another time he stretched it across the sea. You know, all of Egypt was coming after them because all 
all of Israel was leaving and they're breaking free and they're all walking out by the millions and they run into the Red Sea. Like, what are we going to do? Moses like, we'll float across on the stick. Just That's not how God used it. God said, stretch it out, Moses. He stretched the stick out and began to speak to God and the water. What is up with this stick? It never did this thing before. Are you kidding me? And then once they're through, he's in the desert, and someone forgot to bring the water. So Moses goes over, and God told him, he said, smack the rock. Huh? Smack that stick, that stick, smack the rock. Bam. Water floods the desert. Mm, that stick still got something up inside there. I'm liking that. Now, all of it, now the stick is still performing. And they hit another place where there was an army coming in. And God said, as long as you hold the stick high above your head, I will continue to give you victory over the enemy. In other words, watch this. Five things God did with the stick. Five things God did with the ordinary once Moses put it in God's hands. The first thing, it was his proof of God. The second thing, it was the power of God. The second thing, it brought the deliverance of God. The, the, the fourth thing, it showed the provision of God with the water. And the fifth thing is it released the victory of God. Does that sound good to anybody? Proof of God, power of God, deliverance of God, provision of God, victory of God. Would it be okay if God released some of that in your life? Would you turn to three folk and tell them, give him your stick. Tell somebody, give him your stick, give him your stick. You see, God, God is looking for somebody. God's looking for somebody that he can, he can do something supernatural and there's no point of reference for it. In other words, Moses had never seen anybody use a stick like that. He didn't say, oh, yeah, so-and-so, I saw that on TV. They did that. Let me try that. No, there had never been anybody who threw their stick down. It turned into a snake. There had never been anybody who smacked a rock with a stick and water came out. Nobody ever stretched that out over the Red Sea and it parted. No one had done that. But all of a sudden, Moses, stick is doing that. He had no point of reference. I'm here to tell you today that God wants to do something in and through your life that there is no point of reference. Stop trying to mimic what you've seen in the past and let God do an original in your life and upgrade you and blow your ever-loving mind. With, oh my goodness, look what God has done. He is truly able to go Ephesians 3.20 on your life. Able to do exceed abundantly above all you could ask or think in your home, in your marriage, in your career, in your finances, in your dreams, starting the business. He can do all that stuff. Somebody shout all that stuff. All that stuff. It's exactly what he wants to do. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what supernatural plan God has for the ordinary things in your life. I wonder if he's saying, Scott, what's in your hand? And I'm going, mine. Scott, I've got something crazy I need done. I'm looking for someone who will trust me so we can deliver a nation. What's in your hand? But you'll understand. I graduated with a 2.7 I didn't have the 3.9 point, 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 point. I didn't have all that. I'm not looking for all that. I'm not looking for how great you are. I'm looking for how willing you are. 
will you give me what's ordinary so I can use what is common to do something that no one has ever seen happen before? This is exactly what God was challenging Moses with. And Moses was in a pickle to where I'm either going to trust God with it or I'm going to hold out on God. And he learned, I just need to put it in God's hands and let God do something that is absolutely unexplainable in our life. Here, here's what I'm asking. I wonder what he would do with our lives if we would let him take control of the handles so that he could literally direct our world where it's supposed to be. I, I, I want to I give you three keys real quick, real quick, and then we're all going to Denny's. It's going to be great. But three keys real fast on handling your handles. Handling your handles. How, how, do, I, how do I properly handle the things in my life that I don't really see value in, but maybe God does? How do I move this forward? Number one, just real quickly, is you've got to protect the handles in your life. When I was a kid, I'll never forget, my, I, had, I had cousins, and we, we grew up more like brothers and sisters than we did cousins. And uh, to this day, to this day, I love them, Vivian and Joyce and Mike, and, and we would all be out, we, we would ride our bikes, and uh, as, as we were riding our bikes, we did what kids do, we were racing. And um, Vivian is my age, Joyce is a little bit older, and we'd be racing, we'd be racing our bikes uh, around in circles, and it was, it was so much fun uh, because I usually did really good and I usually won. But, however, uh, what the, the key was we were, racing, we were racing down the road one day, and as while we were racing down the road, uh, we got really close, we got on a tight turn, and Vivian edged up beside me, my cousin who's my same age, edged up beside me, and she grabbed, she grabbed the handlebar. That's illegal when you're racing. <laughs> and she pushed it. The devil is a liar. I am not, but what she, I mean, I was doing good. I was coming around the corner. She grabbed the handlebar and she, she's riding beside me. She went, and all of a sudden I'm like, ah, bam. I hit the fence. I'm done. I'm out. I was so frustrated. She put her hands on my handles. And she altered the direction of my bike. And I lost my race. I was upset. I ain't got, I don't mind telling you. You see, any, anybody who puts their hands on the handles of your life have the ability to alter where you go and where you don't go. You got to be careful who you let touch the handlebars of your life. Because they can throw a three-year delay, a six-month delay. They can oust the business that God had told you to get going. They, they can derail some stuff in your world and throw you off course if you and I are not careful. We've got to protect who puts their hands on the handles of our life. You gotta select the right posse. You can't hang with everybody. You gotta hang with the right somebody. You understand what I'm telling you? Everybody's not gonna take you where you're supposed to go. You gotta make sure you got the right folks. I, I gotta stop waiting. Stop waiting on right people to appear and start going after the right people in my life. Stop sitting back and you, well, if God wants me to have them, He'll send them. Kiss my grits. That is not how this works. You get up and go after some things in life. You go after some people. I like what I see in you. You got excellence up inside of you. 
you. I like how you're doing that business. You and me, coffee. I'm buying. Let's go. And you dig into the right people in your world. There's some folks you need to have a small funeral in your mind for the relationship you thought you had with them and put that situation. It's no longer a relationship. Put the situation to bed and just keep on stepping and I got to go. I'm giving everybody today a, a, a full permission to hit the refresh button on all your Fab Five that you got saved in your phone right now. You need to delete some digits and get back to living because there's some people have their hands on the handle of your life and you're wondering why life's not going where it's supposed to and it's not God. God's going, come on, would you give me that handle? Other folks got their hands all over your world and you're not arriving where you know you're supposed to be. You don't belong everywhere, but you do belong somewhere. We've got to make sure we're handling this right. All opinions don't matter. No. And the moment we understand that, the drama exits your life. I stopped answering stupidity a long time ago. I'm not replying to it. Let them go. Y'all get it. So who are the right people? People who are pushing you towards Jesus. People who are encouraging your faith. Let's pray about it, man. I've got your back. Let's go. We'll go hard. After that, we're going to the ball game. We're going to the shooting range. But let's do Jesus. When you find a posse you can do all of life with, we can hit the gym and Jesus at the same time. I'm liking this. It's, it's, it's all that. You're not missing out on anything. You see, life and people and hurt and pain and rejection, there's a lot of things that come to knock us off course that put their hands on the handle of our life. Uh, but, but, but can I help you with something? Don't quit Jesus because of crazy people. J just because people have messed with the handles of your life, don't bail on him. It wasn't him, Slick. It, you, if, if he ever gets his hands on the handles of our life, everything changes. Here's what I learned. My dad, I grew up in Virginia, and we had snow in Virginia, y'all. And my dad took me to a parking lot when I was 16 years old. It was a big church parking lot where we used to live, and it was snow everywhere. And he said, I'm going to teach you how to drive in the snow. And so he said, hit the gas. I'm like, okay, here we go. And, man, I hit it, and we finally take off. And while we're going, he said, now cut the wheel hard to the left. I cut it hard left, and man, the whole car starts sliding sideways. The back is coming around. He said, turn it right, turn it right, turn it right. He was praying in the Holy Spirit or something like that also. But, but so I start turning the, and, and so he had me literally turn the tires back into the place that I was sliding from. In other words, you got deflected and it's pushing you out. Don't keep going and don't run from it. You got smacked and deflected off this course because this is the right course you're supposed to be on. Turn back into it. Just because someone tried to deflect you, I've got to lean back into life. I can't live offended. I can't live just going with what's easy. I've got to push back to stay on the right course in my life. Be careful who puts their hands on your handles. Number two, give your handles to God. That's, that's what Moses did. God said, what's in your hand? I got a handle on my oh, Would you please give it to me? It's just a stick. But, but God says, I want to do something with that. Give your handle to God. Let the one, I, this, you ever been going somewhere? You knew where you were going. The person driving did not.
Security, we need help on the front row down here on the, the real pretty Puerto Rican. Please take care of that. Yes, okay, yeah, thank you. Like, if two of you are getting in a car to go somewhere, I know it might be your car. But if you don't know where you're going, let somebody else drive. You know what it's like going around. Turn here. Oh my God, turn where? Oh, you just missed it. You got to turn around. I don't know. If you know where you're going, Turn left. Oh, you missed it, dummy. Please turn around now. Uh, GPS, uh, you, you, we, please just let somebody drive who knows how to get you there safely and on time. That's all I'm saying. That's what, that's what God is saying. He said, I know your life, and I know where you belong. Would you please get out of my driver's seat? Would you please scoot over? You can be the passenger. Would you chillax and let me handle this? I will take you. If you'll put the steering wheel of your life in my hands, give me a grip on the handles of your life, I will take you where you're supposed to be. Stop trying to run it all. Stop trying to compete with people and culture and environment and what you think you're supposed to Stop, trust me, look to me, give me the direction, be able to lead your life where you're supposed to be. I'll handle everything. I'll handle everything. He'll take you to places that you didn't even know existed. I love going to a city. I, in fact, I love being in Lakeland, and I talk to people who have been here for a long time. They tell me about restaurants and streets and places I never even knew. If you want to know anything about Lakeland, talk to Pastor Alonzo. He's been here since Moses was here, and he will tell you exactly what is in Lakeland. He, the man grew up here. No, go down here. No, go to that street. No, the next street over there, and there's a tree. Turn left by the tree and go down by the big can, and you'd go there. There's a restaurant down there. Tell them I sent you. It's, it's crazy. It's, when, when you get with somebody who knows the area, get out of their way and just follow what they said. Why are you and I trying to run our lives with our limited understanding when you serve a God who sees amazing things in your world, and he wants to do stupid, crazy, amazing things in your life? He'll take your places you never thought. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. We make our own plans, <laughs> but the Lord decides where we will go. Anybody ever made plans and told God about your plans? And you heard a big laugh come out of heaven? Like, <laughs> you're going to, okay, that's good. Big plans. But the Lord decides where we'll go. I was talking with Elizabeth. My, not my daughter-in-law, my daughter yesterday after the blend training. And we were looking back over her life. I said, Elizabeth, five years ago, you just met Jesus. Five years ago, you were a student at USF, working your way through by yourself, working at Publix. Hit some hell in your life got on, on the web, and you Googled inspirational speeches trying to find something to pick your heart up, came across a YouTube video where this guy who weighed about 20 pounds more and had crazy hair was talking about God has a plan for your life. He'll turn things around. He'll lift you up. He'll encourage you. He loves you. He's crazy about you. And right here in Lakeland, Florida, even at the Lakeland Center, God will do something with your life. She goes, Lakeland? Huh? She didn't know anything about free life, didn't know anything about Lakeland, didn't know us. 
So she said, I can go there. So she drove to Lakeland, started attending for three months by herself, coming from USF as a student just because she was hungry. Now she finds herself overseeing all the finances at Free Life Chapel, leading as the co-student pastor of the blend, and God just ramping her life up. If I said, Liz, there is no way to connect five years ago to where you are today. It does not compute. You could not have said when you showed, oh, you know, one day I'm going to run this and run this. You never, you never would have seen that. Don't lie to me. And I want you to understand something right now. When you just dive into God, when you say, this is all I've got, but you can have it. It's not impressive and everybody's got a talent and ability. They've got a dream. But I'm going to give mine to you because you're obviously going to be able to do more with it than I can for myself. I'm giving you the handles of my life because you've got a plan. You can see more. You know the direction of my life. My plans are a waste of time, but you can take me places I never even knew was on the map. I I need you to run this thing called life. Take all that I am and do something with it, God. She did, and he has as well. That's all through the Bible. When God gets his hands on your life, things start happening that you would not be able to explain. That's why you ask David, David, what's in your hand? He'll say, all I had was a slingshot, but I killed a lion and a bear and a giant. Hey, hey, Samson, what was in your hand? All I had was the jawbone of a donkey, but I killed a thousand men with it because I gave it to God. Hey, Rahab the hoe, what was in your hand? She said, I just had a scarlet cord for my house, but it saved my entire family. How about the boy with five crackers and two, two sardines? He said, all I had was a snack pack from McDonald's, but I fed 35,000 people. Hey, Peter, what was in your hand? I didn't even have no life preserver, but I walked on Wawa. Yes, I did. Hey, what, the woman with the bleeding issue, you've been bleeding for 12 years, had no hope. What did you have? I got a hold of Jesus' garment, and I was made whole. That that instant in my life, the Apostle Paul, what was in your hand? All I had was a pen while I was in prison, but I wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that is still being preached around the world today. What about the leper? What was in your hand? He said, I didn't even have a hand, but I got close to Jesus, and he gave me one like I never had in my entire life. I just want you to know, when you turn the handles over to him, everything changes in your life. Here's what I'm saying. Give God the handles to your talents, your dreams, your skills, your finances, your education. He'll take you places you've never been. I'm finishing with this. Protect the handles. Give your handles to God. But here's the third point, and I've, you've got to get this. Got to get this. Don't stop peddling. Now, see, I wish I could have put handles in that point, but I couldn't figure out how to do it, so I just had to kind of come at you the way I had it. Don't stop peddling. Can I tell you something? These handles mean absolutely nothing if I'm not moving. Same place. Didn't go nowhere. If you're not careful, you and I will be like this and I'm tired, and I'm back here one week later, and I haven't moved. <laughs> ain't nothing happening. You ain't going nowhere. You tired. You worn out. You sweating. I got nothing to show for it. 
It's been 365 days. You're still sitting in the same place. You're saddle sore, and you're doing a lot of work, but you're going nowhere. Somebody shout, keep pedaling. You can't steer a car unless it's moving. You can't steer a life unless it's moving. What do you mean moving? Where are you serving? Where are you pursuing? I just finished. You've got to understand, these, these 52 graduates from the Activate program got me lit up. Get lit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Okay, y'all slow. That's okay. That was, you had to be here Friday night. They got me stirred up because they started peddling in September. Here we go. Where are you going? I don't know. But I'm peddling really hard. What do you mean you don't know? I'm not holding the handlebars. I don't know where this thing goes. I gave it to him. He's the one leading. He's the one guiding. But I've got to do the pedaling. If I pedal, he'll guide. If I pedal, he'll guide. If I pedal, he'll steer. If I'll, if I'll pedal, if I will do my part, he will do his part. That's why the Bible says faith without works is it's dead. But man, once you begin to lean in, activate students, you've been going hard, and he's directing now. You see things now that you never saw in September. You've got a passion to join now that you never had before you got here. You didn't even know what would be happening in you, but you wrote a ministry position paper that's going to come alive and it's going to open doors for you that you never dreamed possible. Your family is kind of freaked right now because they, you, you barely made it out of high school, much less finishing a collegiate level course. Are you kidding me? You've gone to the next level because you started peddling and you let let God do the leading and the directing in your life. What am I telling you today? How do you keep pelling? Free Life Chapel, keep praying, keep serving, keep attending, keep giving. When things go crazy, someone bumps the wheel, they bump your handles, get back on course and just keep on going. I don't know fully where it goes, but all I know is staying here is not an option. I've got to advance my life. I'm not staying in the same head place. I'm not staying the same in my marriage, with my kids, in my money. The Joy is going to break loose in my, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep reaching. If you're 75 years old, keep on pedaling. Until you go from AARP to carrying an HARP, you keep right on going until God's done. If you're going through divorce, keep on pedaling. If you lost your job, keep on pedaling. If you just won the contract, keep on pedaling. If you're single, married, or desperate, just keep on pedaling. If you're working at BMW or Denny's, just keep on pedaling. If you feel stuck, just keep on pedaling. Do not stop. Keep pedaling and let God get his hands on the handles of your life and take you places you never dreamed possible. What's in your hand right now? Stand to your feet in this room. Stand to your feet. All the men in the room, what's in your hand? All the ladies in the room, what, what's in your hand? Blend students, what's in your hand? Young adults, department leaders, Free Life Chapel staff, what's in your hand? No one's exempt. Scott, what's in your hand? Give it to him. Let him put his fingerprints all over your life. He's looking for somebody to do something with that there is no point of reference. No one understood what could happen with the basketball until Michael Jordan came along. You put that basketball in my hand, I will drop it, and it will go flat. You put it in Michael Jordan's hands, he becomes a genius. 
There's tons. There's been tons of quarterbacks in the NFL. But like it or not, Brady is still standing there. Wherever he goes, there's a championship that follows him. The man does something with the football that no one's ever seen before. I'm sorry. You put a pot or a pan in Cindy's hand? You put those same pots and pans in Missy Rivera's hand, she turns out a meal like, what in the world? Where did that come from? What's in your hand? He'll take something that everybody else has put their hands on and haven't done anything with it, but, but they never put it in God's hands. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to start expecting and believing for something that's never been seen. Rewrite the industry of business. Rewrite your family. Set a new legacy for your house. As for me and my house, we'll see the supernatural take place. The unexplainable is going to happen through my life. I'm not wasting my life. I'm going somewhere. I'm going all in. I'm going all in. I'm not fighting over the handles of my life. Jesus, take the wheel. Let's watch him do crazy things. Let's pray. Father, today we are coming at you. We need you. We want you to lead our lives in every area. Take the handlebars. Take the wheel of our life and move us forward. Holy Spirit, do your work in us. Show us how to just completely surrender to you. Take our talent, ability, time, thoughts, dreams, our skill sets, everything that we have acquired, education, any influence that we have, we put it in your hands today. I'm not going to try to run my life. I'll run it into the ditch. But if I can give it to you, I know you're going to take me places I never even knew was available. Today, God, as you're asking us what's in your hand, we decree that everything I have, you can have it. I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my family. I give you my money. I give you my time. I give you my thoughts, my dreams, my everything I am, I give it to you. Use me, all of this, for your glory. With your heads bowed and eyes closed in this room, I want to challenge you right there where you are for the next 30 seconds to talk to him and just pray a prayer simple. Say, God, take it all. God, take it all. Take it all. Do things that I've never seen. Do things in my life. Knock the mundane, the routine, the common off of my world and let me start watching things happen that I can't explain, but I've got to give you the glory for it. Would you do something crazy through my life for your glory? I give you thanks today, God, for dreams coming alive, starting to believe again that maybe it's not over. I'm not done. I'm trusting. I'm believing. I'm going to pray prayers bigger than I've ever prayed in my entire life. I'm going to ask God to expand me like Jabez, all that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Make me larger than people think I'm allowed to be and take me into places I never belonged, all for your glory. Let this culture, let this city, let our state, let our nation be rocked because a man or a woman completely surrendered all that they had to you. For your glory, we pray these things. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.